Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Oaxaca, the show of caring and sharing, family, traditions handed out, and so much more. You know, while I've been releasing more and more interviews from my trips to Oaxaca, today we get to visit San Isidro Guiche in Miahuatlan in Oaxaca, and we sit down and talk to Antonio Henes and Jose Garcia, who are both Mescaleros for Cinco Sentidos. Again, Jason joining me and doing the translation work here. A beautiful place. It's different than when I was interviewing Alberto in a previous episode. The family is great, and we spent the whole day together sipping mezcal, selecting batches of mezcal as well. And we really started to... There's a moment. This, this was the moment I think is really turning for me. Is My Spanish now is better than it was then, but Jose, who had spent some time in the States... He, it seemed like he was like a little trepidatious about me and me being there. But as we kept drinking mezcal and we kept hanging out and talking, we started to understand each other better. He was trying to speak English and I was trying to speak Spanish. That tells you everything. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this great chat with Antonio Henes and Jose Garcia of San Isidro Cliche. So, you know, I'm on another remote place. This is another beautiful part of Oaxaca. I'm in Miahuatlan, which I'd heard so much about for some, so long, Jason. And, you know, one of the, the distillates, destilados that you brought, I always was really compelled to it. I was always drawn to it because of the saltiness and this beautiful kind of element of the mezcal. And that is San Isidro Guiche. And I can't believe I'm here. I've heard so much about this place, these people. And finally, we get to talk and sit down after having a nice lunch and muchos mezcales. Um, so the first question, Antrojenes, for you is this, you have a tradition of making mezcal many generations. How long has your family been making mezcal here in San Isidro, Guiche? Es mucho tiempo, o sea. We've been doing this for a long time. Uh, all the young folks, once they reach the age of reason, uh, you know, they start helping their parents. Uh, there's not, let's say, a special teacher. We don't take someone else. Uh, we don't take them somewhere else to learn. There's no specialist. All human beings here start learning from a young age. And that's when I began learning too. And that's the same with my sons. And that's how it is for everyone here. It's a job that we inherit from our parents and our grandparents who've, who've come, and then the later they've went, and we inherited this sustenance for our family. Maybe it's a little bit, uh, well, it's a very special job. It's something that's honored highly, let's say. And nowadays, we, we even have people who, who can work for us, you know? Many, I've, I've talked to many brand owners over the past eight years legacies many generations of people making whiskey 
and Brandy. And I always ask of the younger generations, and even for yourself, did you ever feel like you didn't want to continue with the family legacy, that you didn't want to feel forced into it? No, yo siempre he anhelado ese trabajo. Uh, no, I've always yearned to do this job. It's the way that we support our families. And you know, nowadays with the competition in the market, well, we aren't very worried. To us, it's all about making the highest quality product. And from there, it depends on the, that the best product makes it to the best markets. You know, it's obvious at the beginning, there wasn't necessarily a register of every plant in the field, how much agave we have in our fields. You know, you cut espadín, madriquish, There really wasn't much distinction in terms of cultivation or in harvest. And that's a new thing, but we don't really worry about that. That nowadays, there's a lot of competition because for our product, the quality lets it sell itself. One of the things I think that's interesting about this region is the flavor. It tastes a particular way. You could taste 20 mezcals and you could pick something from Miahuatlán out very, very easily. But did you ever feel like you had to make your flavors the same as your father's? Or did you feel that you had enough freedom to express your own passion for flavors and what you thought was the best way to taste agave. So I think, let's say, in our jurisdiction, um, where we were given the chance to be born and to work, uh, it's a place that permits us to have plants, that gives us water, in order to, let's say, process and cultivate the plants and work with them in the best way our, our consumers like. Uh, and when it comes to distillation, it's important. There are a lot of factors. For example, manual labor. It's not, it's not like a factory where you just hit a switch. The manual labor here is really important. And all of these factors, for example, the climate, uh, the person distilling has to know how to balance the different factors, the water, the climate, and work with them. There are a lot of factors that influence our product. And sometimes, again, maybe with the climate, for example, uh, we'll lose quantity, but above all, we want to work to conserve quantity. Or, I'm sorry, lose quantity, but above all, conserve quality. One of my friends, he's in Sonora, his father, his, his name is Roberto Contreras. He's fifth generation. He makes Sotol, he makes Bacanora, he makes some other things. But there was a point at which his father, who had been distilling all along, got kicked in the head by his horse. There was this kind of tragic thing that happened. So... And this is not to say that you're old or young or anything in between, but is your body, is your mind still top-notch to make mezcal, or are you looking to maybe set off and relax a little more? 
pues como jubilarme o retirarme de esta actividad. The idea pues, of retiring. Humano, well, I think uh, being a human, no unless our energies don't permit you, permite, uh, you know, as long as our energies permit us to work, esto, I think this job es un, is delightful. No es it's not a job you're going to get rich from, but it's going to give you your sustenance, it's going to give you your day-to-day. It's an, inner, it's an honored job that can't be criticized. You know, here there's no magic secret, there's no magic bar, there's no quick way to, way to, there's no get rich quick scheme, um, and I'm not trying to take ideas from other people. Here, you get your work job, you get your job done and you enjoy it. You know, one of the things too is more and more people are coming down to Oaxaca. Many people are going to Matatlan. Miahuatlan is such a great and such a big area. How do you feel about sitting down? Because, you know, we just had lunch and we're drinking all these beautiful mezcales. How do you feel about your work resonating with people so much so that they want to come here and they want to drink with you and they want to spend time with you? Is that flattering? Is that an honor? Pues para mí es un gran privilegio, ¿no? Uh, for me, let's say it's a big privilege. I get a lot of happiness that people visit us and that our visitors enjoy and learn and understand what quality mezcal is. Uh, I don't want to just focus on growth and I don't just want to say that other people don't do a good job. Everyone here does a good job, but every drink, well, there's someone who enjoys certain ones and there's some people who enjoy other ones. But the plants here, they also do a good job. The Esparin, Biquish, Madriquish, they do their jobs and we do our jobs and then the consumer decides what they, what they want to enjoy. Now, every producer, the way that they work, that's up to them. But for our family, I feel really privileged and really happy that people visit us and they have get to know our product. And I have no doubt that our product makes it to some of the best places out there. So good. Two questions left. I mean, this commitment to quality is incredible. This place is incredible. It just breathes tranquility. It breathes beauty. If you were to describe what Miahuatlan Destilado tastes like, what words would you use to describe your mezcal? The flavors you know, of our mezcal, and really everyone's mezcal in this region, in some sense they have the same characteristics, but it's all about how each producer works with them. In this region, um, how, the way that we distill, as they say, uh, let's say we have a range of ABV that, uh, to me, uh, I find it light, but I really like them. I like the way that I feel. Uh, when eso, I drink them, digamos, and I really hope that everyone likes them, the way that I like them. But we're in a region where everyone has the right to work the way that they like to work and, and do the things that we like to do. But here we do things the way we like to do them, and we, like to, we feel like most people like the way that things do. We feel that most people like the way that we do things too. I think, you know, with, with such a history in the family of making mezcal, but a long career of making mezcal as well, but, you know, I've, I've only spent just a little bit of time with you. And I can tell you're fun. I can tell you're funny. And I think that you've had an impact on the people around you. But I ask, and this last question is, what would you 
as you retire, as you relax more, as you grow older, what would you like to be most remembered for? In the sense that maybe keeping the quality of our product, let's say that it comes from one generation to the next, and for me, I wish that that would never end, that it, this quality continues in our family, because in other families, well, we can't get involved. But let's say that in some way, to think about it, I desire that the quality passes on from one generation to the next, because it's not easy to keep this, the, this level of quality. And I've been saying it and thinking about it since the beginning. Step by step, we need to discover and understand that we don't necessarily need to be influenced by the temptation of power, money, because those things make you lose your principles. All of a sudden, you're adulterating your spirit, you're harvesting unripe, unripe plants. But to say the truth, there's about 70% of the virtues of this job are, are hard to understand, kind of occult. To me, it's all about keeping the quality up, and it really doesn't matter about the competition that's coming for us. I mean, it's those are wise, wise words and very impactful as well. And there's something special about being here and talking to two generations of distillers. And so, you know, as we move into the next generation of distillers, we've been talking about Habali a lot <laughs> this this afternoon. And I want to ask you, these stories of Habali being hard to work with, why did you ever start working with Habali? Well, well, before anything else, uh, for necessity as well as pleasure, it's a pleasure to experiment. You know, we've heard from a lot of uh, compañeros productores from different regions, not just our own, as well as from different clients. I've heard a lot about Havali recently, you know, from producer John Doe, etc., etc. And well, I decided I got to try it myself to resolve my doubts. Can you really make a mezcal from pure Havali? Or is that just a legend you hear from other producers and clients? You know, that's why it's a pleasure to me. But it's also a necessity to sell. We've heard that you can sell Havali for 500, 600, 700 pesos a liter. So, Havali is gold. And let's look for the mine. And, uh, and it is a mine. But it's a mine that's very difficult to dig and find the gold. All the, like, all the stories of the foam and stuff, and even, you know, we're both pulling out pictures of foam. And I mean, you win. You get more foam. <laughs> I saw it, you know. But one of the things, like, because I'm sitting at this table and observing, and you feel like such an entertaining guy, you know, that you can charm a table. And with this brand, working with Jason, working with the other distillates you make, I think that they're exported. Do you take on that role of being the educator? Do you take on that role of being the brand advocate too, being in front of crowds and talking about your product? So practically what I do is I just share my experiences. You know, these aren't stories, they're realities. And so everything I talked about the foam, you know, it's not a story, it's the real deal. Uh, you know, that's why with all this crazy foam, it's why we call it mezcal loco. And even though it sounds funny, it, it's, it's real, it's what happened with us. And I like to share these experiences with our with other producers, with our clients, 
you know, perhaps in this case, Jason or Benjamin of the brand Camino de Pensador. Uh, I like to tell people what happens in every step of the process. To me, it's satisfying. Uh, and in this process, sometimes we come out on top, and sometimes we, we lose a bit of yield in the process. But at the end of the, the, end of the day, we have to have fun. Uh, we have to enjoy it, and then we have to share our stories. Some people might get upset about uh, maybe getting a low yield sometimes. But for me, at this age, the important thing for me is to learn and to continue to learn. You know, talking about expectations and another question to your father, do you feel any pressure to follow in his footsteps to make mezcal like he makes it? Or do you feel the freedom to do it in the way that you feel that you can and will do it? Well, practically, not just for me, but for the generations that are coming too. We have to follow the steps that have been set for us. I follow my father's steps. He followed the steps of his father. My grandfather followed the steps of his father. It's from one generation to the next. And that's the way that it is. It means that every person follows the steps of those before them. So I too want to follow those steps and I want to make Mezcal identical in quality in the way that this house has always made it. Yeah, and I think that that's what we all kind of strive to do is to make things that are just as good as the producers before us, whether they're our fathers or our families. But Jason and I were talking, you know, in the drive up here, and Mezcal is growing in popularity so massively. And we discussed sustainability, many things that concern us about the growth of the category. And everything we tried on the table today is incredible quality and just beautiful portrayal of the agave. But when more and more people might be asking you for mezcal, do you worry that you someday won't be able to make it the same way that you did for years? Well, well, I think that we're going to keep doing things the way that we used to. We have some clients, sometimes they ask me and they might ask my dad, they ask us for quantities that we have to say no to. And the reason is that we will not accept quantity because we know the quality won't be the same. We produce right now at the perfect balance between quantity and quality. We make what we can at a high quality. And sometimes there are brands that ask us for a lot. And in order to comply with what they are asking for, we need to change our process. Whether it be cooking, fermentation, or distillation. Maybe they want us to put a brick oven in. Maybe they want us to change from a tajona to an electric Or maybe they want us to stop using natural fermentation. Or add chemicals fermentation. Or maybe have to probably change from a still fired by wood to a gas power still. But I don't agree with those changes. And we're not into the idea of making quantity for those people that ask for us. We prefer to make small batches the way we always have, with a natural process, with manual labor. Small batches, but always natural. Yeah, I mean, and you can taste it. it. You feel connected to the land. You feel connected to the agave here. And it's something that, you know, you guys make it on here. Guiche is just lovely. But one of the things, though, that I've heard, which I think is a great 
evolution is you started to think about blends more. You started to think about the parts of the run differently. So when you think about this more modern or more evolved thinking about how to make a batch, did you learn that from somewhere or was it just a natural intuition you had to make the best possible mezcal? Uh, when it comes to making mezcal, uh, you know, we've been learning that, at least for me, since I have a memory as a child, five or six years old. You know, I used to see my parents and my brothers make mezcal, and, uh, and nowadays we keep doing things the way they used to. So since a child, I've really been inculcated in this, in this uh, culture. And from 12, 13, 14 years old, I really began to dig in to help with manual labor at the very least. And at the age of 18 or 20 years old, I began to, well, that's when I decided that I wanted to really, really wanted to make mezcal. And I'm going to keep making mezcal the way we always have. So to answer your way, your question about the our ways of making mezcal, you know, I've, I've visited other producers, I've seen other people that have different ways of doing things. Some people milling with electric mills, other people have different roasting techniques. Uh, I've seen a lot of producers and sometimes they're more modern than us. But to me, I'd prefer to do things the way we've always been doing them. Does, tradition is a very, very good thing. And I remember going to France talking about cognac with someone who makes it out there and i suggested using a different barrel type for instance and they looked at me and they said you must be american because we make things traditionally so knowing what tradition is knowing what your commitment to this beautiful process is does it ever limit you to experiment and innovate with other products making mezcal differently, making a destilado de frutas, perhaps. Well, in my case, uh, I would never agree to or commit to doing something like that. Yeah, up to this point, you know, and I've had a chance to visit with other producers. And I'm not judging or criticizing. Everyone works the way that they do. But for me, uh, I'm used to, and I really like, in the terms of the CRM, Comarcam, uh, mezcal that's joven or blanco. You know, I'm used to, one of the things that I enjoy really is a legit mezcal. I'm against the idea of drinking a mezcal that's been infused with a fruit or an herb, or has been rested in wood or barrels. Maybe I'm not against it. Maybe it's just my body would reject it. I like legitimate mezcal. Nothing aged, nothing infused. That's why I would dare to say that I'll continue to keep doing what we've been doing, nothing else. I mean, the commitment to knowing what you love, what you're passionate about, I think it's everything. And coming down here and doing interviews remotely, the passion just rings through. It's very easy for me to see that you love what you do. The family loves what they do. So I've got one last question for you. And we've sipped some incredible mezcales today, a couple blends, a lot of habali, which is great. But it doesn't matter which mezcal it is, and it doesn't matter where in the world. But if you could have a sip of mezcal with anyone, living or deceased, who would you love to have a sip of mezcal with? 
If I'm going to make the mezcal we're drinking, I'd make it here. I'd make it here and I'd drink it wherever, as long as it was with good friends. It's a good mezcal. It has to be shared with good friends. Yeah, it does. And I feel like we spent a good amount of time today in this beautiful place, at this at your factory, at your home, at the place where you create your studio. And I'm always very, very lucky to be here with you. Lucky to have Jason helping along with these conversations. But it's been such a pleasure spending time with the family and sipping what you make. And I thank you so much for that. And I hope we get to do this for years to come. But thank you so much for taking the time out. And we will talk soon. Thank you. Well, there we have it. Beautiful chat in Miomatlan, San Isidro Guiche with Maestro Mescalero, Antonio Hernandez Garcia, and his son, Jose Garcia. Again, thanks Jason Paul Cox for translating and taking me out there and hanging out. We drink mezcal all day. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And I, as I mentioned, as the day went on, we started to build rapport with one another and we started to feel closer. And I, I love that. I know booze does that, but there's something about Oaxaca that does that as well. So I've got a few more remote interviews from Oaxaca coming out. So thanks everybody for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how much more matcha you've been drinking lately for no particular reason, or if you're thinking, I didn't know Robert Downey Jr. was in a movie between all the Marvel stuff and then between being in prison, but please keep dancing.